Welcome everyone. Chandra Zas here, Zen Odyssey. I have the pleasure and honor of being here with Dr. Yotam Tamari today. Thank you, Yotam, so much for being here. Welcome everyone. Today we are going to dive into the topic of emotions. And it's a really dear topic to both Yotam and I. I work, I mean, if you've been listening to my videos, you know I talk a lot about emotions. And this was actually a request of Dr. Yotam's. It's also a topic that he's really passionate about. So I'm really, really excited today for our conversation. I've been really enjoying our series, our doctor talk series here. It's been really, really fun. And so we're going to continue and talk about emotions. And I want to lay the groundwork a little bit and share a little bit of my perspective as a coach with emotions. And then I'm going to dive in and we're going to get into Dr. Yotam's brain and what he, how his perspective and how he sees it through Chinese medicine and from his health lens. Welcome. Here is your hostess and coach, Chandra Zas, helping people make food and mood changes doable without missing out. Go ahead. High five that like button, subscribe and share while you're there. For me, as a food and mood coach, I work a lot with emotions, and I really work a lot with emotions from the perspective of that emotions drive all of our habits. Everything that we're doing and not doing in our life is because of our emotions. It's kind of the way that I coach and teach people is like our driving force energy. A lot of people kind of think that emotions are not important, but they're really at the root of a lot of what's going on in our life and what we're going after and what we're trying to avoid. You know, we want to feel successful. We want to feel loved. We want to feel connected. We don't want to feel bad. And so a lot of times when we're not, when we're trying to avoid <clears throat> our bad feelings, we're often turning towards unhealthy external things. Like we're eating food, we're drinking alcohol, we're smoking cigarettes to avoid our bad feelings, which kind of has like a double negative effect on ourselves. So emotions are a really, really huge part of what I work with people in the beginning and really, because without getting our emotions on board and in alignment and flowing and functioning well, it's really hard to make any changes in our lifestyle. Like emotions really are kind of the place to start. So I think that that's a good starting and I'm really curious, and I hope I'm imagining you guys are also curious, like what exactly Dr. Yotam's going to talk about and what is his perspective and Chinese medicine's perspective. So I think, well, I want to add one more piece. And the other really important piece that I'd like to lay the groundwork for emotions is that like emotions are really connected to stress levels. The way that I work with people and coach with people is like, is, is in lowering stress levels. And a lot of what I found with stress is that stress is kind of a resistance to our emotions. And so one of the doorways into working with stress is actually getting into a better relationship with our emotions. So I think that's a good starting point. So Dr. Yotam Tamari, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this. What is, let's start with a question of saying kind of like, yeah, let's start with what is your kind of general perspective on emotions in regard to a person's health or lack of health? So the, for the first, I was really um, identify with your words towards that status of emotion that really drives us in life. It drives us in every single action that we take. 
and it's all rooted to the to the fundamental um, part in our body, which is the heart. Always the heart is the ruler, he's the emperor, and he's the controller of the emotions. And our speech, our words that coming outside of our mouth, it's the only, it's only definition is to is to to bring into awareness, into the awareness of the environment what my heart is feeling, what my heart needs right now. This is, an, uh, this is a really healthy status of emotion, which a person is connected to his heart, connected to his feeling, and is able to, to, to pronounce and to bring forward what he's feeling. Hello, my friend, how are you? I'm in the Dead Sea floating in the water. Go ahead and like and share and follow so we can keep in touch. Whatever it's pain, whatever it's sadness, whatever it's happiness, whatever it's grief, all the uh, emotion uh, um, spectrum. Yeah, all of our emotions that there is. Um, and most of the problems start when a person doesn't bring forward his status of the heart. Everything, everything starts from that. And, and by using your words, people that avoiding from the emotion, it's, it happens really because the emotion is, is really tough. It's really strong. It's really tough to comprehend. It's really tough to cope with. And most of us, it's not by accident. We don't teach, don't teach us how to deal with our emotions. We don't uh, give the proper tools to, to work with our emotions. And then it becomes a, a difficulty, a, a struggle to go through my emotions instead of embracing and saying, yes, that's who I am. Yes, that's the best there is. Because I, our environment is always um, requires us to suppress their emotions and to be in, in a specific status quo. Oh, he's crying all the time. Oh, something is bad is happening with him. Ah, oh, he's always he's always happy. What's wrong with him? Why is he always happy? And most of the people doing it from the subconscious place. It's a subconscious place. Um, so it's a really healthy uh, status. Is just is to bring forward everything there is, and to be proud of it wave as it as it as it was my flag that's my emotion now and the most um, important thing that we need to understand that we are not our emotions we only speak through this dimension which called emotions this is emotions if the heart is the emperor and he and he needs to to come forward and to give expression to his being and to his presence, he's doing it only through the emotions, but he is not the emotions. The heart is a, is a concept which is so deep, so um, vast and infinite, so that the mind cannot comprehend it all the way. So 
the our body have a tool and dimension which through that the heart the infinite our infinite can bring expression can i ask you a question to to maybe start a, at a starting point because i find that one of the useful things to do in because, you know, for a lot of us, like, as you said, like our culture, our family, it's not really taught or even normal to feel all the feelings. Like it's more taught to suck it up and don't cry and don't express. So I find that one of the things that helps us make changes is like understanding what are the costs of not doing whatever it is. And in this case, like what's the cost of not feeling our feelings or being, as you're saying, like being honest and waving and being proud of our feelings like what's the cost of like what do you see in your patients and what do you see maybe in yourself or in the people that you're helping like what are the costs when we don't feel our feelings like what is the what happens so the body is really smart the body is the most um intelligence um mechanism that there is in nature uh, the human body which contains all of the elements that nature has in a, in a microcosmos. And when we're stepping, stepping away from the true path of our heart and we're stepping away, the body will do what it needs to bring back, to bring us back to the, to the root. So the conscious mind will say, I'm suffering. Why am I suffering? Why I deserve it? What I did that I deserve it. But it's not that I deserve it. I deserve it because it brings me back to my path. So there's the starting point. It's really, it's, it's the most low point is pain. It's just pain. So a lot of people that has anger will suffer from shoulder problems because anger goes up hands and face, everything, the energies go want to burst outside of them. And when it's not coming to expression, it gets stuck in the upper part of the body. I call it issues in the tissues. When we don't process yes. our emotions, the, the emotions get stuck in our physical body. I've never heard that with the anger in the shoulders, though. That's really cool. Makes sense. Worries. Worries and, and um, cycle thoughts which is a process um, digestive. It's a digest emotions. When a person is stuck in that, he will feel pain in his stomach, in his digestion. And when things in life is too hard and it's extra worry, he will feel it in his digestive. And he will become a, a weak and and um, sensitive digestive into specific foods. There was an interesting- And we can go on and on and on and how the emotions when they're not getting um, expression, it's, it's starting from the tissues, like you said. And if the person doesn't pay attention, it goes past much more deeper inside of the organ itself. And then when that happened, disease started to happen. All kind of the, those disease that we see in the last uh, 100 years that they, we didn't have before. 
cancer, asthma, blood pressure, sugar, heart disease, Yeah. And also what's even more uh, was even what's even more um developed is our fear from disease. Mm. The Western medicine is input inside of our mind the fear of diseases. But the flu, like the flu or the corona, like they said, there is, who knows? The flu is the most fundamental um, sign for, for our body to stop, to pay attention, to get the toxins out. Our body is dealing 24-7 of detoxification. The physical, the mental, and the spiritual. So the physical, it's the toxins from the food and the things that we put inside. The mental is the, um, the things that happens to me in life, what I take from me and what I don't take from me. And that's the spiritual. And the mental, that's the, the emotion. And when emotion is, doesn't express, it's stuck. And it's like toxin. That, it's like a toxin that sits in our body. So also that. Also, that is a detoxification. Well, I have so many questions for you right now. <laughs> I want to touch on a few points. So I think part of what you're um, getting at with the bringing up the flu piece, and I've heard this also before many, many years ago, is actually the importance of getting sick. The importance of allowing our body to have a cold and to get a flu and to cleanse our body like as we get sick and we purge and we have the fever and it burns out maybe even more than just the flu maybe it burns out other toxins that actually getting sick is actually a really important thing and the prevention of it which has been kind of western medicine's approach the last number of decades is actually not the best for our entire body systems it maybe helps us dodge a few days of sickness but long term it's not necessarily the best thing for our health is that what you're getting at with the flu, like the fear of getting the flu that actually the maybe more healthy perspective and Chinese medicine perspective is like actually embrace the flu and it's important to get sick once or twice a year. Um, the other and piece- sorry, that, and sorry, before your, and before your question, that's also connect to what we started to say that our environment is, is making us suppress our emotions and to keep on, to keep on, give the, the product, so also it happens um, in the in the physical. When I'm getting ill, come take a pill. Come take feel better. Put your problems aside and take a pill, and keep on. And yes, yeah, and, and and actually, I, I feel like there's like several places we can go. I feel like we could talk about this for a long time, but. <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing you're bringing up with the taking a pill, because one of the things that I've learned about over the years is like understanding that when we take a pill, we're actually kind of like suppressing the symptoms. And I'd be interested to hear what your kind of perspective on like what happens in the body when we suppress those symptoms, because I know that there's some negative effects to it. What, how would, what would you say on that? When we just take a pill, we're both ignoring our reality, we're kind of pushing ourselves aside 
but there's also a physical component to like pushing. Do you have anything else you want to say on that? So, so in the most simple way of understanding when we're taking a pill, we're confusing the body. We're, we're telling him, we're showing him a different picture of what really happened inside of our body. What's happening when we're taking a pill and it's supposed to get us to feel better, let's say in pain, like paracetamol. What it does, it comes in the left side of our uh, brain. That's where the, um, the center of the pain, the center of the um, um, balancing, balancing the, the numbers of, of impulses it's coming inside of our brain to tell the brain that what happened in the body and the number of, uh, of impulses that goes out of the brain. When we have pain, all of that is really, really, really fast. A lot of information come, comes by to the brain when it's too much, when it really wants to tell the brain that something is happening. So when we're taking paracetamol, that's, that's just... Um, um, it's like numbing, it's like suppressing the receptors. Yes, exactly. And then the brain doesn't connect what happened to the body. And that's 100 degrees away from the medicine that was 2,000 years ago. That if something happens to the body and the, and the person was ill, people would used to give him herbs. That herbs will be effective to bring um, help to the organ which suffer and help that specific organ to get the toxin away from it, from that specific organ. So the, the real um, and the true medicine that the person should take is a medicine that will help the body to do what it needs to do. And all of that diseases that we spoke before, that's the body was so confused that now he doesn't know what to do. Now the body got given. Okay, you didn't pay attention for years. That's it. I gave up. Do whatever you need. And in that mode, the body kind of just starts storing things, right? It kind of just like starts making little pockets and creating little kind of pockets of toxins in our body, right? It's just kind of like puts it aside, puts it in the closet, puts it under the bed, puts it. And in the most uh, uh, easy way to understand, inflammation thrive in the body. Yeah. I feel like we could definitely go down a whole topic about flus and sicknesses. And I, I mean, I even would like to talk to you. Maybe we can even do another podcast on like what, how, how you treated your body during and after you had COVID. Like, I think that there's some really interesting things here, but I also think that maybe let's stay on the topic of emotions today, just as it's like, yeah. So I want to ask you, I'm really interested if you would name a few more emotions, like you named anger and worry where they get stuck in the body. I'd love to hear another couple emotions. And I also like to share a story that really opened my mind. There was a story I heard about a soldier who was shot in the stomach and his stomach was like, like they had access into seeing into his stomach because of the way this wound was. And it was one of the times that they actually documented the changes of the emotional state that they, they were 
specifically documenting stress levels that when he was more stressed or when he was more relaxed, they actually saw the acids in his stomach physically change based on his emotional state. It was one of the first times they really documented, I think this was uh, over 50 years ago, but they really documented the, the physical effects of emotions in the body. So do you, would you add in an evening? Would you tell me some more? I love hearing about like different ways that emotions like manifest in the body. Do you have another few that you would, that you can share with us? Yes. So we need to understand that emotion are a true mechanism of energy that moves in our body. Like we said before, that anger goes up. So the mechanism of anger is to bring forward the person into action. That's the hands and the face. Anger is a specific emotion that, that wants to bring the person into action and after that into a conclusion that he will get um, away from, from that anger. He wants to get it out from him by an action. Um, I've always worry. thought of anger as like a force of change, that anger is a very useful thing to make change happen, that there's a usefulness to it. Yes. When it's, when we, uh, when we are in, when we're using it correctly, when we're in alignment with it. What about sadness? Where does sadness, when someone doesn't feel sadness? So sadness really dismiss the energy. Like if I was firm and strong, and standing still in, in, in front of nature's forces, when I'm feeling sad, I'm dismissing, I'm dissolving the life energies um, really um, comes inside. It's sadness and grief. It's, it's pretty much the same. It's, it's really similar because the person needs to do, um, when there is sadness, there is a really... Um, a process of letting go. I'm letting go of something. If I'm sad about something, it means it means it's it's a separation. Sadness is a really a separation away from something. Like a loss. When there is separation, there is grief. And so to pass on sadness and grief, we need to do a letting go. A person should be inside of that sadness the mechanism of the energy is the smith is dissolving in so i can do a really process not dealing with my environment so i can be in that emotion to understand his values and the things that i'm stepping uh, stepping away from I'm, the things i'm letting go away from myself to make space to new things and so letting go and sadness, it's, it's a really crucial and important um, aspect that every person should ask himself. Every day we're um, getting, uh, getting to know new people and invite them to come inside of our life. And there is a specific time that we are um, giving, giving up for uh, friends from childhood because now we're not, the energy doesn't work. So that separation, it's, it's really the, the, the feeling of letting go. What happens when we don't feel our sadness? Like when we're- It's a perfect um, uh, question. 
and I can uh, I can share a, a case story with my colleague that he's treated a woman which um, has sleeping problems and he was treating her and he doesn't didn't uh, understand why the treatments are not working and in Chinese medicine there is a pulse there is a pulse diagnosis that we feel the pulse and in every station of the finger we feel a specific organ and his how much this organ is vivid so he felt that the lungs are dismissed lack of energy and the lungs there are um by the uh, spiritual and mental um, function of the lungs, we're doing the letting go. That organ is doing letting go. And then he understands that she doesn't letting go of something. And he came to the conclusion that she's dealing with death, specific death that she doesn't process and letting go. And then he asked her about which death you don't process. And then she said that she had a divorce two years ago. And ever since, she doesn't sleep. But she didn't tell him that in the interview. So we're seeing there's really vast symptoms that can happen when we're not giving expression to a specific emotion. It's really because the organs are all intertwined inside of each other. Every organ affects another organ in, in specific and other way, which is really uh, um, so intelligent, so uh, um, by nature smart and beyond our uh, comp comprehension. But let's take the, that case, an example, that the lungs are doing expansion, and um, exhale contraction, contraction, yeah. yes. And so, what happened to her that she doesn't expand? There is no expansion, there is only contraction. So, the heart, the organ, the heart is covered by the lungs, the lungs are covering the heart. And a person that has sleeping problems it means that the heart is, there is an um, irritability, specific irritability in the heart, which doesn't let him to sink in, to lower, uh, to lower the vibration and come into, into a, a state of, of sleep. So it's really, it's really diverse. So for her, so for her, her, she had a divorce and then she had sleep problems and it sounds like I'm I... sorry not not divorce divorce apala when she uh, the baby wasn't uh, alive in pregnancy ah uh, she had a the stillbirth name? stillbirth yeah mm. i okay so she had sorry a... i wasn't i wasn't uh... no thanks for clarifying so she had a stillbirth and a couple of years prior and she hadn't really processed her sadness and her grief and the the real loss 
And so it had manifested in holding in her lungs, which then affected her heart, which then affected her like physical body and then her eventual sleep to be disrupted and imbalanced. Yeah, my, my personal, for me, um, I, my really big learning of how important it was to feel my feelings was um, when I went through a big breakup and it was a, I, yeah, I was very, very sad. It, it was a loss. I was losing a relationship, even though I actually wanted the, I knew the relationship wasn't the best thing. I was still having this lots of loss and grief. And I went to my psychologist and I asked him, I said, you know, I'm, I, I started to feel depressed. I started to feel, and in my, when I was in my teens, I suffered from a lot of depression and I was kind of scared of feeling depressed. I didn't, I knew what depressed is not a fun place to be. And so I, looked at him and I was like, I'll do anything. Like, tell me how to avoid depression. And he told me, he said, you need to feel as long and as hard as you can. And I was like, what? And so I started doing that. And I really, I, you know, I, I was personally very scared of feeling the sadness and feeling the grief, but I was, I knew I was like, okay, well, I'm either going to get depressed, which I didn't want, or I'm going to try feeling these feelings. And I couldn't believe that after just a couple minutes of allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to really feel the grief, how it felt like I had been like taking a shower and I felt refreshed from just one or two minutes of like crying and really feeling it instead of like being in that state of like trying not to feel it. And so for me, I've really seen that like depression. And I think also, I mean, depression, I feel a lot of depression, like in my chest, I feel that heaviness and it feels even hard to breathe. I like, how, like, and I know from Chinese medicine, the grief is like in the lungs, but like that, you know, even there's like these depression points, right? Like there's the points that I think that these are lung points, correct? To like help us. <laughs> and I also love, we've talked about this too, but like the importance of breathing to move emotions. So it's like, even just the act of like breathing our lungs intentionally. Cause I know when we're, when we're sad, it's easy to not breathe. Like it's easy to like hold and like feel like, you know to not what you're saying, to not inhale, to not exhale. Oh yeah, it's so important, right? <laughs> that's that's our true nature to feel. And we can look at babies. Babies are the most close to nature there is. When the side of the in their mother's um, belly, in the side of the womb, they are one. They are in unity. And that's the most spiritual uh, concept that all the books and all philosophical uh, saying and writing books about, about that unity. And a baby experienced that unity in the most, in the most um, direct uh, point that we cannot co comprehend. And in these one year after he comes out of the of the of the mother, the two years, every time he has problem in the heart, he's crying. Immediately. There is no there, there is no suppressing whatsoever because he was really inside of that unity. He was close to the truth. And every year that he's stepping away from that truth and things that not him start to stick an input on his heart, there is more uh, blockages on the 
glasses that the heart has. So when when the glasses are clean, every time there is an emotion that needs to come out, immediately it goes out. Because the baby knows that this is the nature, that that's the heart, the heart's nature. And it does that intuitively, naturally. Until and it's the same, and it's actually the same that we grow up. It's it's never changing. Well, until we tell our kids, and until we learn from our culture and the people around us to not feel our feelings and to not cry and to not move those emotions, right? And then we have a whole nother set of issues. I I I, I love that you brought up kids because it's something that I you know I I have my little one and it's something that I very actively worked on with her is like actually whenever she cries like you know, my, my partner's family is from Russia and different, I would say even a more emotionally repressed culture. And their inclination is to constantly tell her, don't cry, don't cry. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel, which it's like, it's, it's a, it's very different than most of us are used to believing and thinking about emotions. And, but I really, it's like become my personal mission, both to give her the space and the allowance to feel her feelings and also all the big people around her to realize like, Hey, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel these things. It's even important and crucial to feel these feelings. And it's so, and it's so fundamental to pay attention to tell the child instead of telling him what he, he should do more to ask him what he experienced. Because also until the teenagers, they know. Kids know what they need. Kids know what they love. They don't, they don't need to, to us telling them what to do. They don't need us to tell them what things are. We don't, they don't need that. They need support to help, to just to help them to understand what they are and that they are beautiful and perfect as the way they are. So just to ask them, well, how are you feeling? How was your day? What did you experience? What did you learn? And that's it. And the kid will come out perfectly. The things, when things started to, to, um, to become uh, um, twisted, is when we are passing on the trauma to them, that we have fears, that we have anxiety in specific things in life, and we are afraid about that the child will, will have it. And then we're passing on the trauma. We like press, we like pass on the repressed emotion or the, the loop of repressing the emotion. Wow, really cool tie-in. So what, what, in your perspective, what is your, what is the ideal, like optimal way to be with our emotions? Like what's the. That's a perfect question because, because we are not, we're not the same. We're really not the same. So for each person, it's really different. For one person, it will be 15 minutes of running a day. For another, it will be uh, dancing. For another, it will be one time a week to breathe 45 minutes really deeply. And for another, it will be singing. Uh, for another, it will be writing. Every, every action 
that's involve um, and creativity by that exp uh, uh, expression. Even running, it's, it's, it's expression of creativity to feel the body is moving in, in, inside of the space that we call uh, the world. It's, it's creativity. Um, to do a, a dance pool, a pole dancing, uh, to do swimming, um, to, uh, to, play, to play in theater or to, uh, to do a, a play for the children in the house. And we can go on and on and on and on. But really, it's being conscious to our uh, emotional needs, to, to make time every day to our emotional needs and to ask every day what I need. I need to cry, I need to dance, I need to speak with someone I love, to share, I need to write down to, to get out of me uh, my emotions. I need to sit down in quiet. I'm gonna, I wanna ask you how you, um, how you process your emotions and I'm, I also wanna share um, how, I'll give you a second. I wanna share how my, the way that I found works for me the best. For me, walking is really my like emotional medicine. I find that sometimes it depends on like how many emotions I have going on. Sometimes like one really big walk a week, a two or three hour walk where I don't have my phone. I'm not listening to anything. Like I'm walking and I'm really kind of with myself and I'm like kind of thinking and I'm talking to myself and I'm feeling and I'm kind of like going through this process. And there have been times in my life where I have kind of more emotions going on where I need it more often. Sometimes I need it maybe every day. I need an hour to like really, really be with myself. And the way I really like to think about it is like, I call it my me time. It's like where I'm really, and I like how you said it, like I'm really present with myself. I'm present with my internal reality. It's like, I even feel like it's kind of like a date with myself. It's like, I just like in a relationship, like spending time with someone, it's like how you build a relationship. So I find that spending time with myself is like crucial to my emotional health emotional, even a mental health. I think there's a big connection there. So for me, walking is like my really big medicine. I also think there's something to the movement of walking and also breathing. Like there's something about the routine and the rhythm and the, like I, I, yeah, even like walking, I find. So walking is the most natural way which the diaphragm works without our conscious mind telling us breathe with your diaphragm. And when the diaphragm is working while we breathe, all the internal organs getting a massage. Yeah. So that's yeah. a cleansing. Yeah, I feel it. I feel like it's walking is like my serious medicine. So what's your, what's your, tell me, tell me what your practice is. I'd love to hear yours. So I found um, six months ago, the method that's called rebirthing in Hebrew, rebirthing which really brings us back into that um, child uh, status, which only is only breath, lay down on, on, on the ground and just breathing without stop. <sighs> and by doing so, um, the body is coming, the physical body comes into trance. Like we're letting go of the, of the possession of uh, 
how am I doing? I'm doing good. I'm not doing good. And just let, let the body flow. And by doing that, we are, we, that's, that's a, that's a really uh, healthy and fertile uh, ground to bring up the emotion, to breathe into it and pass on it. Every time I'm suppressing the emotion, it meant, it means that I didn't breathe in that time. So I'm, 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 I'm also giving treatments. And I started giving treatments by these methodics. And really that's, that's, for me, that's the most, that's a gift. That's an actual gift. Just to breathe and to breathe in intensity in, with presence to, and, and by that so, to go deeper inside of my soul and to do a cleansing for my soul from the internal out. But I also like, really love dancing and I really love walking as well. And yeah, dancing, dancing is really, it's really crucial. Every morning after praying to, to put a song that I love, to let go of everything, to dance alone, nobody is watching me. The best for me is also to dance with my eyes closed, even more letting go, even more uh, looking inside of myself. Nice. Because the, our purpose here is, is love, and ha love and happiness, yeah? We spoke only about that other feelings. But the main purpose is to feel love and happiness. Love and happiness, also uh, now science shows us in studies that love and happiness fills our body in flow of energy. Every part of our body is getting filled. Every part of our body is, is uni unit, is, is a one unit. And love and happiness, that's the emotion that helps us connect everything together. I also, I mean, I think, I think it's very, very normal that all of us want to feel love and happiness. And I think like, I, I love that you're bringing up this topic. And from what I've seen is like a lot of people, we think that we should only feel love and happiness all the time. But what I've seen is that like, when we're, when we're resisting the sad and the anger and the hard emotions, we like close our spectrum of emotion. And then we have less access to the love and the happiness. And so I really love talking about the connection of like, to actually feel the love and the happiness, we also we have to kind of allow ourselves to feel the sadness and the anger so that our emotional spectrum opens and we really have that access to that love and happiness and bliss and joyfulness. Like that that's really, you know, it's it's a hard sell to say, like, well, you need to lean in and feel your hard emotions. But I find that if I if we connect that dot and be like, but your emotional spectrum will open and you're going to feel more love and happiness if you feel this this anger and sadness and the heart emotions that are part of life it's the 50 50 duality of life and to when we lean into the heart we get more of the the fun easy love happiness but we all well, we all really innately want you know it's like our natural thing to desire it we just have gotten confused about suppressing our emotions and that's the true um main goal for us to do here in this world. That's what we did to, that's what we came to do here, to fix ourselves, to heal ourselves. And every person should find his own specific and beautiful and uh, unique way to uh, link in 
into his healing process because every person is is in his uh, healing process unique yeah I have one more question for you. I, um, the way that I teach about emotions is that emotions are simply physical vibrations. And I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on it, because I know like there's in Chinese medicine, there's all the different layers that there's like the energy. Cause I know Chinese medicine talks a lot about emotions. So if there's anything else, like, cause I, I, t- I try to, cause our, all of our brains were, were kind of wired to be scared of pain and to avoid pain, including emotional pain. And so one of the th- ways that one of the tools I give my clients is like teaching them that emotions are just physical vibrations that kind of override that, that instinctual fear and resistance to the negative emotion. And that it's just a physical vibration that's in our body and that it's okay to feel it. It's not going to actually harm us. So I'd love to hear like, kind of like what your what, if anything, you have to say on that piece? So you said really beautiful, and I don't have a lot to add it to it, but the Chinese medicine says that every emotion stores and comes out from a specific organ. The heart is the controller, the emperor that brings harmony into the, all of the emotions, but every emotion stores in a specific organ. And every organ has its own frequency and vibration. And when that vibration is go out of balance, also the the emotion of that organ will get outside of of balance. A person that doesn't eat correctly and a healthy and nourishable food, he will start worrying and don't have the ability to do a, a mental digestive of his own thoughts. And then he will become consumed by his own thoughts. So it goes back both ways. So the the organ can be off. Like I know, like the colon is fear, right? The fear, fear. Uh, the colon is ruled by fear, right? Uh, it's also a uh, yeah. You can or the say brain. It. We can talk about the brain. The brain is is the brain worry. Is that what the what is, I don't the, know the emotion of the brain actually. The spleen is worrying. Uh-huh. The lung is, uh, uh, is being sad. Mm-hmm. The liver is angry. Mm-hmm. The kidneys are fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let, so let's say someone is uh, maybe not drinking, like how, how would the, the kidneys would be imbalanced by not drinking enough water? Also, and also because of a lot of things. So if but the kidneys water. are under, so if the kidney, kidneys are undernourished, then it can bring about the emotion of fear in the body. Is that how you? Is that kind of like what the the connection that it can happen? The physical organ sometimes can have a problem, goes, which would manifest in an emotion coming forward. Sometimes it goes in that specific way, and sometimes when we're not drinking enough water, because the uh, kidneys are suffering, the liver will suffer. Right. Because the liver will won't get a. Uh, is nourishment from the kidney. And then we can feel angry all the time and frustrated, but right. because we are drinking water and it's affecting the kidneys. So every time it can go in all specific kinds of ways. But I like, I like, I hadn't really connected that dot. It's interesting that you bring in that like the, a problem and an imbalance in the physical organ can, can cause an emotion to rise 
like in the in this example of the kidneys and then an example of the lungs with the woman who had the stillbirth she had the emotion that then manifested in the physical organ which then created the sleep issue so it's like it's yeah i mean in the end everything's connected right <laughs> beautiful uh yes. i feel like we could do maybe we'll do another part two part three part four on emotions i feel like we have we both have a, this is a yeah it's a really fun topic for both of us is there any last thing that you want to add in about emotions and about emotional health and about anything else yes. that you would like to? We spoke about it a little bit before in the, in the previous podcast. The best time to do um, to do emotional uh, cleansing or emotional me time, like you said, is morning and evening, waking up and before going to sleep. That's the most um, that's the most uh, fertile time that we can affect and change the things that bothers us. It's the most clean time that the mind can be affected. Is that because so I, recommend. I know Chinese medicine has like different organs and different energies throughout the time of the day. So is that is that why before? Or why is it before morning and before or after waking and okay so let's let's speak about it like through the organs so um in morning time that's the the time of the colon and the stomach so the colon what it's doing is doing letting go is making space to new to new things and then it's the time of the stomach when we're putting inside things that will become us so that's a really crucial time that we can do things that now will become us. Why are we eating? Why are we eating? Because we want the essence of that food inside of us. The body um, sends an intention that now he needs that essence that resides in that specific food. Um, and before sleeping, that's the time of the gallbladder. And the gallbladder is, by the emotional uh, function, it's a courage. And, and also in the spiritual, that's looking ahead, looking to the future, looking how will my action will affect me in the future. So that's a crucial time that now we can affect by how will how uh, how am I will be in that in the future? Cool. So it, from that from how you just described it, it sounds like to me it's like kind of good to do the practices in the morning, the letting go, the taking in, and then even to like the way at least what's popped in my mind is like then at night before bed to do the journaling and to really think about what it is that we want for the future to like kind of do that internal visioning work. Cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Yotam, so much for all of your nuggets of wisdom. Thank you, everyone, for being here and hanging out with us and all, in all our emotional world. And yeah, if you want to go take this work to the next level, then please reach out to Yotam. And I'll put his email in the show notes below this. And also, if you go into the bio, you will can find ways to contact me and work with me, work with us. And thank you so much for your time and attention and we'll see you next time.